0: Good morning, Empower Church, good morning. and good morning, Empower Church Online. It's good to be with you this morning. You are all looking amazing. Welcome to church. You've chosen an amazing Sunday to come to church this morning. I've asked for no background music this morning with a very specific purpose. Is that okay? Awkward silence in the house for a moment, but I just want to, if you would allow me, just take a minute before I... Jump into what I believe the Lord wants me to share with you this morning. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you. Um, just, it's been, it's been eight months since I've last stood behind this pulpit and I had the opportunity to to share with you God's Word. And um, I want to take a moment and say thank you. Just, to the leadership of this house, to this incredible staff, and just to you as a congregation for how you've carried us as a family over the last couple of months and for allowing me the opportunity to minister to my family. It's my highest honor and privilege to minister to God's family again this morning. I look back on the last couple of months of my life and said it to the first service as well, I think um, looking back on this last season, there's been so much that God has done in our lives, so much that he has shared with me, so much that that I believe he's revealed to me and and, uh, I believe in time to come, he will allow me to share more and more of that with you as well. But I think my biggest challenge in run up to this morning has not been do I have something to say? It's what does he want me to say to you? See, sometimes as preachers, um, we make the mistake of preaching my message as your message. <laughs> and the last couple of months, God's been speaking to me a lot about things in my life. And I've asked the Lord very specifically, Lord, speak to me about what you would want to speak, um, would want me to speak to this congregation um, on this morning. And um, I want to submit to you that just as, as what there's been incredible things that God has opened to me and things that God has shared with me there's also been in the last couple of months of my life been days and weeks of silence and um, I'm not sure if anyone of you have ever experienced the silent moments of God just a raise of hands it's like half of us and I'm um, To be honest, the last season of our lives where we've been navigating through some storms ourselves and felt like we were fighting for our lives at moments, um, sometimes that silence feels like torture. (laughs) But I've come to appreciate and embrace the beauty and the significance of silence. And this morning, if you would allow me, I would love to speak to you about just that, about the significance of silence. Thank you to the three of you that's excited about that. I'm, I'm super excited to speak to you about it. Because I believe there's, there's something that's found in silence that's found nowhere else. And to be honest with you, um, I don't think we speak about silence enough. I think it's, it's one of the most powerful spiritual disciplines um, for every believer is to understand, to embrace, and to enjoy moments of silence and solitude. But we don't speak about that as often because the world that we live in um, is not silent at all. Everything in this world has been designed to steal silence from us. The phone in your pocket has been designed to steal silence from you. Uh, The Facebook stream that you've probably been checking during worship as well, um, here and there, or the the Instagram feed, uh, all of that has been designed, every app on your phone has been designed to grab your attention and keep it there. I think uh, our emphasis on corporate gatherings, the busyness of life, the schedules that we all try and maintain, all of that steals silence from us. Not only do I think have we lost the art of silence, I think we've, we've forgotten the need, the actual importance of being silent. I see that because when I did a bit of study in this week, there's not a lot found on silence. I mean, you can um, type in prosperity sermon or um, faith sermon or healing sermon on YouTube and you'll find a thousand different hits. Type in silence, there's a couple. It's like we've missed the importance of it. But I believe there's something that God wants to open to us. I said to the team this morning as we were praying, I believe there's an invitation that God wants to extend to every single one of us. And if we understand and and accept that invitation, we'll find something today that will change our lives forever. There's something significant that's found in silence. I it's part of my introduction still, by the way. So I was reading through scripture and, and just doing a lot of study and, and I tell you, there's so much actually that the Bible says about silence. It's like it's everywhere from Genesis to Revelation. We find um, God being silent. We find God calling people into silence. We see how many of the prophets, Zechariah speaks about silence. Uh, Zephaniah speaks about silence as a key concept in those books, Habakkuk speaks about silence. Uh, the psalmist speaks about silence. We see um, King Samuel right through, all, through all the Old Testament as we read different stories, how God calls people into silence. God himself is silent for 400 years after the book of Malachi. It's like there's something that's found in silence that we've missed. The most beautiful thing about all of that is that Jesus comes and he becomes this embodiment of silence. Whatever the scriptures have said to us in run up to the New Testament, we see that being lived out in his life. If, if you don't know, some of you would, um, there's about 26 days of the life of Jesus recorded in the New Testament um, literature. Just 26 days of his life is actually captured in those four gospels. And in those 26 days, we see often that the Bible would say how Jesus um, went to be alone with his father. It's incredible how Jesus, the Son of God, the God-man, takes moments of silence and solitude. And we as believers um, sometimes just miss it completely. But there's something beautiful about silence. And in this morning, I'd I'd like to share with you um, some of the key thoughts that the Lord has shared with me. Because as I look back on my own life, I can tell you that it's in the moments of silence in the last season of my life, where I've truly found God, it's not been in the corporate moments. It's not been in in the extravagant moments. It's not been in the visible. It's been in the silence of God, where I have found the beauty of God, and I trust that this message will assist you because I believe that where we find ourselves now, heading towards the end of the year, that probably the most best, or the most best, the most um, profitable thing, the best thing, one of the most important things you can do right now is to find a moment of silence and solitude before you head into the new year. And I trust as I share with you in the next couple of minutes that God will share with you. Is that all right? Can we read a scripture together? It's like 19 of you. Can we read a scripture together? Yes. Just wondering if I'm still at the right church this morning. Um, one of the scriptures that I'd like us to read, I'm just gonna quote it. We'll jump into another scripture. I just, there's so much, but I just wanna focus on two this morning, if I may. just sort out my own iPad here. Thank you. So here's the Scripture, and it's a Scripture that, uh, it's something that, that I think has ministered to me quite a bit over a number of years. Psalm 46 verse 10, anybody knows that Scripture? It says, be still and know. Okay, so some of you know the Scripture. Be still and know that I am God. And I think sometimes we've misquoted the Scripture, we're not, quite too sure in what context the Psalmist is writing there. Just by the way, it's not David writing the Psalm, it's the sons of Korah. They were like, let's call them modern day priests. Um, they were the Levites of that time. And, and, and Israel finds itself in this, this incredibly difficult time. There's a whole lot of opposition. And these sons of Korah, these modern day priests, they, it's like they go into this time of praise and declaration. They start calling on the name of the Lord. They make these declarations of who God is and how powerful He is and what He's able to do and what He will do and how He will break through for them and what He's able to perform. And then in the middle of their declaration, it's like God just chirps in uh, verse number 10 and He says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I'm God. And I want us to look at the scripture and what it really means. But maybe before we can jump into what it means, can we look at what it doesn't mean? It's like 14 of you. Okay, we're getting there. So, what the scripture doesn't say is be quiet and know that I am God. Allow me to submit to you this morning that there's a big difference between being still and being quiet. You see, quietness is an external thing, stillness is an internal thing. And here's the problem we, we, we have as believers is sometimes when we find ourselves in the craziness of life, um, we would often with, with, withdraw to moments of quietness and miss the moments of silence. Yeah. You might feel like, man, my December holiday is about to start. I'm just gonna park a couple of days on the beach and just be as quiet as what I can. You might feel like, man, I've got a couple of days open. I'm just gonna park on the couch, watch a couple of Netflix series and be as quiet as what I can. You might have even told your kids, listen, we are heading into December holiday. I want you to be as quiet as what you can. Come on, am I speaking to some parents here this morning? It's like, can I just have some quietness and stillness? Um, But the reality is that quietness and stillness is two very different things. Quietness is a lack of noise around me. Stillness is a lack of noise within me. And if, um, if that's your plan, just to find a quiet space, I tell you, you might go into 2024 just as exhausted, just as confused um, as you went into, well, out of 2023. There's an invitation into stillness and it's not always found in quietness. Stillness is when I lean into God, when I look for that stillness within myself where I look for that unforced rhythms of grace, where I become aware of Him. And and we'll look at that in a moment. But quietness and stillness, two very different things. I also want you to note that quietness and stillness, uh, please note, you can um, lean into a time of stillness. It doesn't mean that you'll find a place of quietness. Some of you are like, okay, Eric, I'm totally confused with where you're going now. If you lean into stillness, It doesn't always mean that those moments of stillness will be moments of quietness. I'm talking about the stillness of God now. If we look at the life of Jesus, there were many moments where Jesus withdrew to be with his Father and they were moments of stillness. There's also moments when he withdrew to be alone, but they weren't quiet moments. Sometimes he went to meet with God. Sometimes he went to meet with the devil. Have we all read Matthew chapter number four and likewise verses that says, and Jesus was led into the desert to be tempted by the enemy. Come on, in those moments of stillness, sometimes we confronted with the very things um, that steals our quietness. Oh, <laughs> church, are we still okay? Is everybody still okay? Jesus, um, I also, in my Bible, it says that there were a moment when Jesus withdrew to be in the garden of Gethsemane. He was alone, he was still, um, but there wasn't quietness within him. He was in great turmoil because he was about to face um, something incredibly difficult. It was so difficult for him that that his sweat were like drops of blood. And sometimes I think that's why we as believers struggle to find moments of stillness or why we would want to pursue stillness because sometimes in those moments of stillness we confronted with storms within us with the challenges of life and with the with the with the steps of obedience to god that we don't always want to face yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's in those still moments we we are confronted with what we don't want to confront I tell you now that some of you might be facing storms throughout this year. You might have navigated through some things and the breakthrough to those storms has not been found in corporate gatherings. It's not been found in revival meetings. It's not been found in the laying on of hands. They were supposed to be found in moments of stillness. There was something that Jesus needed to conquer in the garden of Gethsemane before He went to the cross. There was no corporate gathering, no laying on of hands, no words of encouragement that would have settled that matter in His heart, calmed that storm in His heart other than the still moments with God. There was something that needed to happen in that desert where Jesus faced the enemy and the temptations of life that couldn't be settled anywhere else. There was nobody that's gonna lay a hand on Jesus and and, and take from Him the very temptations that would be set before Him. It needed to be settled in moments of stillness and it's in those moments where we are confronted with the very things that steal our quietness where we often see our greatest breakthroughs. Allow me to submit this to you in humility and I say this with great respect, but some of you missed some some serious breakthroughs in your life because you missed moments of quietness in this year. And you missed the still moments with God. How do I know that? Well, because I went through some storms myself And I was like the sons of Korah. I was also making the right declarations, saying the right prayers, making the right faith um, declarations and and only to find that there's some of those things um, that carries no weight. It's only in the stillness of Jesus where true breakthrough came. And I'm not saying don't make declarations, don't be bold and don't be loud and and don't pray. And uh, I'm, I'm saying that sometimes, is something that's found in stillness that can't be found anywhere else. Are we still okay, friends? So, what does it mean? Psalm 46, verse 10: To be still and know that I am God. Actually, if we look at that translation um, uh, very literally, it actually says, um, "Stop striving, let go, and trust in me." Oh, it's so good! Can I say that again? Stop striving. Let go and trust in me. I feel like that's a word for somebody here this morning. That the key to your breakthrough is to stop striving, let it go and trust in him. And those moments are only found in stillness. Bible says, Psalm 46 verse 10, be still and know that I am God. That's one thing to be still. But the key is not just the stillness. It's to know that He is God. (laughs) What does God want you to know? What does that mean, to know that He is God? To know that He is part of every detail of your life. To know that everything in your life um, is in the palm of His hands. We cannot know that in the busyness of life. It's in the stillness that we find that. Can I uh, use two practical examples to explain that to you? Let's take this auditorium, fairly big auditorium. Some of you have been coming to this place for years. If I lock these doors with you in this auditorium, just you alone, you will discover some things in this auditorium that you've never seen before. You might have been coming in these doors day after day, Sunday after Sunday, but I tell you the moment I lock you here for a couple of months, you'll find some things in this auditorium that you've never seen before. You'll probably have to sleep on the soft carpet of ours and you'll see a pattern in this carpet that you cannot see by just walking over it. Um, you've walked through those doors many a times, but you'll see how the locking mechanisms work on those doors when you try and find a way out of those doors, things that you've never seen before. What am I trying to say? That there's detail that's found in a confined space. There's detail that's found in a confined space. That's why silence and solitude always goes together. You can be in solitude with no silence, but you cannot have true silence without solitude. And it's in those moments of silence and solitude where you find the stillness within yourself where you can then go into this world and live in a crazy world around you with absolute stillness within you. Where the the storms and the waves doesn't necessarily mean that they'll cease, but they won't have an effect on you anymore. Let's take an example, somebody that's um, in, uh, in solitary confinement, a prison cell, three by three, concrete little room, I tell you, if you lock somebody in a prison cell like that for 30 years, by the end of the 30 years, that guy will tell you the cracks on the wall. He will know exactly what is happening in that roof. He'll tell you exactly where there's a little watermark there or the, 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 the color of the, the iron bar. He will know that place like the palm of his hands. Why? Because he's been confined to that space. That's why some of us don't really know God. And once again, I say that with humility. I'm speaking to myself as well. That's why we, we so often lack a true understanding of who God is. That's why we can praise Him corporately for what He's done, but when we need to praise Him for who He is, we find it difficult to praise Him for who He is because we don't always know who He is. Why? Because we've not been confined to the detail of who He is. We are so busy with life. I'm so busy with my kids and my work and we have as a society made these things acceptable, that that's the norm, that's okay. You know, we all struggle with it. It's like we always pat one another on the shoulder to say, it's okay not to be alone with God. We have made it acceptable in our day and age. to say, well, that's just the way that life is. But if we live like that, if that's the way that life is, then there's some things about God that we'll never discover. There's a beauty that we'll never see. There's detail of our lives that we will never understand. Allow me to say that some of you might have... Really, question God on certain matters in this year, ask Him for, for, for direction, ask Him for answers um, to problems and solutions, and you've not found that. May I submit to you that maybe it's because you haven't been silent enough? You haven't confined yourself to Him as your space. That's why we haven't seen the detail of our lives as clearly as what He wants to show it to us. Because everywhere I look in Scripture, it says that God wants to show us His intended plans for our lives. So why don't we see it? <laughs> if you take uh, marriage, if you never spend time with your spouse, there's some, some things you'll never discover. But the more time you spend together, the more intimate you are, the more you discover. Come on, isn't that true? It's about what I confine myself to. And, and friends, I'm not saying let's lock ourselves in a monastery somewhere and just sit and meditate for the rest of our lives. Because Jesus called us into this world to make a difference in this world. But I can never make a difference if if I myself have not met with Him and discovered the beauty and the detail of who He is and how my life fits together in Him. Then what difference will I really make in this world? It's easy to become just as this world and be conformed to this world if I don't discover the beauty of who He is. Another thing that happens in, in stillness, uh, be still and know, and knowing that takes place is my ability to see. Not just see Him, see the details of my life, but see me. Hey, I tell you, sometimes our biggest enemy is ourselves. Like four honest people in church this morning. And it's, it's when we allow ourselves to be still that we actually start to see. Can I have that little jar of mine? Pastor oh, Stefan, thanks so much. I realized this morning that my jaw wasn't very waterproof, so I'm just going to use this as well. So allow me to submit to you that this is how our lives look like. It's filled with stuff. Can you see the stuff at the bottom there? It's filled with stuff. I know in church, I mean, we don't wanna submit and um, agree and say, yeah, that's true, but we've all got stuff, isn't it true? And I'm not just talking about negative stuff. We've got stuff, the busyness of life, the fact that you're raising kids, And you've got to pay school fees every month. And I mean, you still got to think of what you're going to buy for lunch after church. And it's this, and it's that, and it's it's the pressures of life, and it's financial pressure, and it's what's happening in our nation, and it's the, the crime stats. And all of that becomes so busy in our lives that it's fairly easy to find ourselves feeling like that. Come on, any of you felt like that somewhere in 2023? Sometimes feels like a little tornado there that's happening in the middle of us. And it feels like life is just filled with stuff. And sometimes we feel cloudy. We don't understand exactly what to do, how to do it. It's like we get to a place where we actually just start ticking over day to day, just trying to find ourselves am um, breathing for air. And as long as I can breathe for air in the midst of the stuff that's happening in my life, it feels like I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay in life. I don't think that's God's, God's intended plan for us. See, as long as I'm moving frantically in the busyness of life, I'll never reach a place where I actually become still. But look what happens when I become still. It's like stuff settles in my life. For some of us, it takes a bit longer than others. Some of you need like three holidays. But there's a moment if I'm still with God long enough that the things that cloud my mind and consume my heart, they settle. I wanna say this, friends, doesn't matter what you're facing in your life, it doesn't matter what you're facing and what you're going through, if you are still long enough, things will settle in your heart and in your mind. If you ask me, Eric, what did you learn in 2023? This will be the story of my life. That that sometimes the answer is not to be spiritually busy, praying the right prayers. Through the night, Shandarabha Kandara. Another church meeting. And I say all of this with great humility because I see the value in all of that. And please, there's a time for everything. There's a time for church gatherings. There's a time for through the night shandara There's a time for, 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 for prayers and declaration. But as it says in Ecclesiastes chapter number three, there's also a time for being silent. And I feel like we've become experts as Christians to do all the things, the Christian disciplines, All of them, we have become real experts in doing that, but the one discipline that I often think is more important than any other discipline, the discipline of stillness, we've lost that. We've lost that. One of the scholars that I read an article on earlier this week said um, he believes that silence is the first language of God. Man, I meditated on that for a bit, and I tell you, I wanna agree with it. Because I think if we're silent enough, there's a whole lot of things that God I need to say. Because when I'm with him long enough and I know him well enough, there's some things that he, didn't, he doesn't have to put words to. I remember me and my wife, there were, there were things that she never had to say, I just knew. It's not because she told me, it's just because I knew her well enough to know what her answer would have been. Come on, some of you that's married here would know what I'm talking about. There's a way that your spouse can just look at you and you know exactly what he or she is saying to you. Come on. Why? Because you've become acquainted well enough. You know him or her well enough. So I do believe that quietness, stillness is the first language of God. It's in those moments where we, where we don't hear his voice, we hear his heart. You know how powerful that is? If we can live being led by the heartbeat of the Father and not just the voice of the Father. See, I don't want to live my life just in continuous obedience. And please hear me, don't misquote me here. I believe in the power of obedience. But my life is not supposed to be summarized in God says something, I do it. God says something, I do it. God says something, I do it. Because then I'm just following orders. No, 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 I want to know Him well enough that my life is continuously led by what I know is the heart of the Father. That wherever I go, His heart guides me. When I walk past somebody, His heart points me in that direction and says, I want you to help. When, when, I, when I am in a gathering and, and His heart points me to what I need to say, it's not because I've prepped a good sermon. It's just because His heart guides me. The way that you love your husband or your wife, it's the heart of the Father that guides you in it. It's not because somebody set you on a marriage camp or some book that you uh, read about uh, the five successful habits of a great marriage. No, 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 it's because you understand the heart of the Father that you are led in that direction. Come on, that's the, that's the silence and the significance of silence in our lives. Can we have Psalm uh, 131, please? I wanna show you one or two things and then I'm gonna come in for a landing. Such a beautiful psalm. Listen to what it says. It says, Lord, my heart is meek before you. Some translations, I think it's the New King James, it says, my heart is not proud. I don't consider myself better than others. I'm content to not pursue matters that are over my head, such as your complex mysteries and wonders that I am not yet ready to understand. Worship team, won't you join us? I'm humbled and quieted in your presence. Some translation says, I have quieted my soul. Mm-hmm. Like a contended child who rests on its mother's lap, I'm your resting child, and my soul is content in you. O oh, people of God, your time has come to quietly trust, waiting upon the Lord now and forever. I feel like if I have to leave you with one sentence, it'll be that. People of Empower, I believe this is the time to quietly trust and wait upon the Lord now and forever. I believe, I believe there's detail, and please hear me well this morning. I believe there's detail that God wants to reveal in this season. I can't explain to you exactly. It's not like I had this dream or this prophetic word from the Lord. It's just in my heart. I know that God's desire is to reveal detail to us in this time. It's like God is taking us into a season and and mark my words this morning where we need to understand the detail of God. It's like we cannot just stick over with the average um, spiritual disciplines and it's like we will just go from one year to another and and step into the fullness of what God has for us just by doing uh, what we've been doing up to now. It's like there's a detail that God wants to reveal. And if we see the detail, we'll know exactly what He wants us to do. You'll step into exactly where God wants you to step into. You'll 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 have an understanding exactly of what God wants to do in your life and in your family in 2024. There's detail that's to be found. But that detail only comes in silence and solitude. Friends, I wish I could say to you, come, let's let's all line up, have a prayer line and I'll come and I'll lay hands on all of you and impart this to you. I, I can never impart the significance of silence to you. It's only something that you can discover for yourself. And you can choose in this day to say, man, you know, my life is busy. It's a great sermon. Thanks, Pastor Eric. Okay, I'm just heading on. And I tell you, you will miss detail that you will never find anywhere else. I'm, 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 I'm amazed if I look at my own life of how much detail God has revealed to me in the last season of my life and how much detail I've missed in the last 20 odd years of my life. Because I've never been the silentest what I've been now. There's something that's found in silence. You know what's what's powerful about silence and stillness before God is in that moment of silence and stillness, you know what happens? We surrender the control of our relationship with God to God. We surrender the control of our relationship with God to God. I say this with respect towards every single one of you, but if you, if you cannot be quiet before God, you are still in control of your relationship with God. Think about what I'm saying. Doesn't matter what your context or situation is. If you cannot be quiet before God, you are still in control. And you might feel like you're doing a great job but I tell you, there's seasons and times that comes in our lives where we quickly realize that I am not in control. Worship team, are you there? Come and join us. There's seasons and times in all of our lives where we really understand that I am not in control. And if you hit those seasons and those times and you've not found the significance of silence, you will, it will feel like everything in your life is spinning out of control. And you might be sitting here this morning, you might be watching online and feel like everything in your life is spinning out of control. Or there's an area of your life, your marriage, your finances, things at work, it's out of control. If that's been your words or your thought, I I wanna submit to you this morning that in that area of your life, you have not yet surrendered control to God. It's because in that area of your life, you are still trying to make it work. And you might do it in the name of God. You might do it by uh, applying the principles of God. You might feel like I'm doing everything right. Maybe that's also been your words. Uh, Apostle Eric, I've done everything that I'm supposed to do. That's the problem. Is sometimes it's not about what you do. <laughs> it's about what you can allow God to do. Amen. If there's one bit of advice that I wanna give you this morning... It would be to find a moment from now, 17th of December to the 31st, somewhere in the next two weeks, to find a moment of solitude with God. I will never again, ever go into a new year without making a moment where I take a personal retreat, lock myself in that place of solitude, and look for the details of God. I've been doing it for the last couple of years of my life. It has changed my life completely because there's things that God wants to reveal to you. There's things that He wants to show you. We all know that. It's, it's clear from Scripture that God's intention is to show you the details of your life. The question is, are we making time to listen? Am I there in that confined space, that place of silence and solitude where I give Him the opportunity to speak? where I surrender control. And once again, I wanna say that might be a scary thought to you because it's in those moments where you better believe it that God will speak to your heart. I've not had one moment of solitude, not just at the end of the year, throughout the year, there's not been one moment of solitude in my life where I've entered and before God will speak to me about what is to come, He'll first speak to me about what needs to happen in here. God cannot speak to me about the detail of my life, the plans for 2024, if He knows that I'm carrying around something that will steal from me the significance of what He wants to do. And you better believe it. It'll be either moments where you're confronted with the devil or find yourself in the garden of Gethsemane. It might feel like that. But if you are willing to push through, if you are willing to stay there and confine yourself to the presence of God, He will lead you through it. He will take you through it. Come on, let's think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's not like the Father said anything to him like, okay, Jesus, you know, I've got your back. Don't worry. It's not going to be painful. Or, hey, okay, I'll make this quick. And Jesus stood up and he's like, woo, thanks, Jesus. Okay, Shandai, I got my hands laid on moment. Quick fix. No, no, no. He knew when he stood up there, it's going to cost him his life. But he stood up there with a strength that he didn't have when he went into the garden. See, I'm not saying that your moment of silence or solitude will fix the problems of your life. I'm telling you that God will fix something in you and you will be able to handle the problems of your life. Some of you in those moments of silence and solitude will face the devil head on. But the reason why you haven't seen breakthrough in areas of your life is because you weren't brave enough to face him and God is saying, let's go. It's the Spirit that led Jesus into the desert. It's not the enemy that tempted Jesus there. It's the Spirit that led Him there to say, Jesus, we have to face Him now, because if you overcome Him now, then He will have no hold on you. And some of you need to go into 2024 with no hold on you. And it just feels like the enemy has had this hold on you your whole life. For weeks, months, maybe for years, I beg you in this morning, create a moment of silence and solitude with God. Sit there, lock yourself in a room if you have to and say, God, let me face the devils so that I can break free and step into what you have for me. He's faithful, he'll be there with you. He's not gonna leave you alone. The angels attended to Jesus in that desert. He will never leave you nor forsake you, but He needs you to find those moments of silence. He cannot do for you in any other way what He does for you in stillness. May we never become a church that looks for the easy way out. Never. When we think that a corporate gathering can solve the problems of my life, or if the right person prays for me, or if I say the right declaration at the right time. And and, and friends, I understand the power of that. I understand the power of corporate gathering. I understand the power of declaration. I understand the laws of impartation, yes, but there's certain things we can never get from God if it's not found in stillness. I said it to the first of us, I would love to stand here this morning and say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give a prophecy that will just uh, uh, declare over your 2024 that it will be the best year of your life. And the the reality is that for some of you, it's going to be the best year of your life. For some of you, it will be the worst. And I'm not saying snatch that now, it's like, that's me Lord. I'm just saying that's the reality. Some of you will at the end of 2024 look back and say, yes, what happened? But if you cannot find stillness, you won't make it through. You, You know what happens when we find stillness? Then it doesn't matter according to my perspective if it's the best year or the worst year. It's God's here in my life. And it doesn't matter what happens in my life because I have surrendered control to Him. It's not me that's in control of my life anymore. I have surrendered that to Him. I have given that away. Doesn't matter what the storms are. Doesn't matter if there's a Gethsemane, if there's a desert or if it's the beauty of ministry in between. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because He is the God of my life. I have surrendered that control. I have given him everything and he can do with my life whatever he wants. And that's okay with me. Oh, we've become experts to navigate ourselves and keep ourselves on, that, on the wave of blessing and try and ride that out through our lives. It doesn't work like that. Somewhere you'll come off that wave. You'll experience the reality of life. Some of you, 2023 was the worst year of your life. And I want to say to you this morning, it's okay. Because God is still God. He's still God. The question is, is He your God? Or in that area of your life where you have suffered, have you become the God of that area? You see, one of the things found in Psalm 131, it says that a proud heart is something that will steal stillness from me. It's, it's true. If you are proud, elevated in who you think you are, you'll never be silent before God. You'll never surrender to Him. You'll always feel like you need to be in control. It says that, that striving with others, the competition with others. I tell you now, you know how, how that has stolen stillness from people. Competing with your neighbor, your brother, is my car better than his? Is my bank account bigger than his? Is this, is that? Constantly comparing and striving and trying to be better than others. Just stop it. You don't have to be better, be better than anybody else. You've just got to be you, but you'll never find who you are if you can't be still. Then you always try and find uh, your significance in something or someone else. And then it says there, verse 3, listen to this. It says, I'm I'm content not to pursue matters that are over my head, such as your complex mysteries and wonders. I tell you, in this year, I was fighting with God over the the, the mysteries of God, the things that I don't understand. But how, how did this happen, God? What about this? But why this? Have you ever been there in your life? But God, I'm coming to this church, I'm, 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 I'm doing this, I'm doing everything right, I'm giving my tithe, I'm praying in the morning, I'm this, but still my child walked away from home, still uh, my husband left me, still my business failed. And then we think like, I'm doing something wrong. And I'm not saying that some of the mistakes we make is our fault. I'm saying that not everything that happens that's bad in your life is your mistake. There's mysteries in God that we will never understand. And if you can make peace with those mysteries, you can live in stillness. You can live in stillness. You see, there's some things that just need to be surrendered to Him. There's some things that He wants from you. But either way, you'll never know if you don't go there. It's when you find yourself in absolute stillness where you will find God and that's my prayer for you this morning in Power Church I'm closing is that you will find God really that's my prayer that you will find Him and I know there's something of God to be found and the detail of your life in stillness and I wonder if we can go there this morning can we? it's second service we've got all the time in the world Thank you for the three people that's excited about skipping lunch this afternoon. I wonder if we can go there. Might be very awkward for you in the next couple of minutes, especially if you don't understand the beauty of silence. But I want to ask you, there where you sit, won't you close your eyes for a moment? if we can just go to that place of silence and solitude for a moment. And I pray that you will in the next couple of minutes hear the whispers of God. Holy Spirit, help us.